All right, we are back with another episode of the Rockcast. Actually, the final episode of this, I guess, spring season of the Rockcast. I'm Josh Eastern, and to close it out, we got, I guess, the highest man on the totem pole that we could get. Coach Tom Allen is here in the studio with us. Coach, thanks for coming in. Josh, great, to, great to be here. Appreciate you having me. Absolutely. So we're just coming off the end of the the spring season here in in Bloomington. Um, a lot of indoor. The weather maybe didn't part, or I guess wasn't that great throughout the spring, but we got outside for the Cream and Crimson game. I guess just overall, what's the recap of, of the spring season for this team? Yeah, I tell you what, I'm really, really pleased with our spring. You know, you mentioned the weather wasn't uh, uh, totally cooperative, but, uh, you know, we have an indoor for a reason. Exactly. So we're like, hey, we're going <laughs> to use it. But uh, we did, did uh, were able to finish outside. Mm-hmm. Unlike last year, we had to finish right. inside. So that was great. And uh, got several, uh, you know, we had, we had three total outside practices mm-hmm. but uh, of the 15. But I tell you, the big, you know, you go through and you set your goals, yep. you know, and, uh, you know, I, th- I feel like we accomplished those goals, which was to, to get better fundamentally with our technique work. And I think that was really a point of emphasis um, this year more than even in the past. And I saw growth. And we got a lot of young players still. You only have 13 seniors and, and a lot of guys that are, they've played, and but they're still young. You know, a lot of guys that are, freshmen and sophomores or your redshirt freshmen and and have that uh, in that window of time and they just need reps that's why mm-hmm. I chose to have a you know a spring game that was 70 plays that were live you know we just we need those live reps and so uh, you can't you know duplicate that in the in the summertime you can lift weights and you can work on technique in, in individually um, the players can do that in some some player practices but uh, you can't put the pads on so that was important and then uh, you know new offense putting mm-hmm. that in was big and the scheme involvement there on both sides of the ball made some adjustments on defense and some little tweaks and and uh, that was very important and then the final piece is it it kind of clarifies your depth chart where do guys stand and and uh, so from that perspective we came out of it pretty healthy you know we had a few guys that got dinged up and have some some post-spring surgeries but uh, Mm -hmm. but nothing that's long term which is really big and and just really excited about the the mindset of our team you know I'm I'm in the process right now I meet with every single player on the team and it takes a while to do that but I'm doing that right now and and we talk about the spring and and guys that have been here and, and where they feel we're at as a team we go through there and things that they're going to focus on and improve you know throughout the summer and so and just another way chance for me to connect with these guys absolutely now there aren't necessarily any i guess real games you're not playing other teams during mm-hmm. the spring but how do you keep that competitive edge day in and day out on, on on the practice field well we do a lot of offense versus defense competitions you know and we'll do you know we have first down competition so the offense has to to get four yards or more to win that rep and the defense has to get you know th- you know opposite of that and so mm-hmm. you know that's you know someone's winning and losing every time we have third down competitions we have red zone competitions we have overtime where we pit the offense versus the defense and and two minute situations where we offense versus defense so a lot of offense versus defense competition mm-hmm. which creates a lot of emotion and yep. energy and and sometimes some uh, extracurricular activities, you know, <laughs> in, okay. in practice, which is all right, yeah. And, and as long as they know how to keep it on the field and yep. and not take it personal, but uh, just to, to to develop that edge that you have to have, and get, I want guys competing every single snap. Absolutely, and part of that competition is position battles. There's a lot Absolutely. of them all over the field. I guess. How do you think some of those played out during the spring? Well, it's uh, and as I go through and meet with our players, as I mentioned, you know, that's one thing that always comes up. They're like, man, we have more guys 
competing at different positions than they've ever seen, you know. And it, I know for myself, it's, uh, you know, it, it really doesn't matter what position. There's, there's competition everywhere, and, and that's what you want, and that's part of recruiting, you know. And, and we've, uh, you know, done a good job in that area. Uh, now we've got to develop those guys. And so they get them here, and you have the competition at quarterback, and we've yep. got the competition at running back. And offensive line has a bunch of guys that are competing for spots, and tight end has the same thing. Well, every year, I, I can't think of one position that, that has, doesn't have that. And, and uh, you know, I've been here in the past where we had like four corners the entire spring, you know, that were able to – to, to compete and play and, mm-hmm. and that's just not enough you know that numbers that number's doubled now you know and there's a bunch of safeties that can that can all do a really good job and so those guys all want to play you yep. know and that's uh but you know the way the game has changed and number of snaps that are being played now I mean you really need a two two full deep group that's going to expect to play about 50 50 mm-hmm. and we really try to divide it that way you know and that's why if you're playing at 85 90 snaps a game that's you know that's 45 snaps on one side of the ball if you're playing half and that's not counting special teams right. so now you're getting into the 50s close to 60 sometimes just playing half the game you know and so uh, and, and most of our defensive guys play special teams so that that to me has, has been a big philosophical switch for us and I've you know had to learn that in the past of of how to 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 have a defense that matches a you know a high tempo offense that that's going to get a lot of plays and but just the way the game is played most people play that way now you yeah know? and there's very few teams that just huddle and go slow and and get 60 some snaps a game that just doesn't happen anymore so so that's the reality of the, of the way defense so that just has created more opportunities for guys to play and, and a lot more competition because of the way we've recruited absolutely and you you're mentioning the the defensive backfield a little bit this seems like a very young and promising group mm-hmm. uh just it's a young group right now, but how do you sure. think they've they've developed over this this few weeks? Yeah, they've really responded well. You know, Coach Shelby and Coach T. Garden done a great job. You know, with those guys, those two positions, with our safeties and corners, and and uh, yeah, it's 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 young and athletic. You know, it really excites me. And guys are physical and driving on the football and getting their hands on the ball a lot. They the windows are are small on defense, even when we're playing zone, and they're they're doing a great job reacting to the football and and seeing the quarterback and reading that, and then to play the man covers we want to play. You know, we mix it up pretty good, and and uh, I just think that there's just so much. You know, Andre Brown's a guy that yeah, even though he's one of our few seniors, mm-hmm. and he he's he's totally changed as a player in my mind, and he's just the way he's we've even got some different packages for him to do some different things that he's really responded well to, and and uh, but he's kind of the elder statesman there. He, him and Sean Riggins that have you know Sean came in here and played as a freshman, you mm-hmm. know, and got to start as a freshman, and and uh, through depth and, and a lot of competition. I mean, he's right there battling for a spot too, even though he's been been starting in the past, and, and that goes for all these guys. And so, and with uh, you know Raheem Lane's a guy that's played a, a bunch, even though he's young, and uh, he's got to be you know because he's got Jalen Williams, and you know you got Reese Taylor right there trying to to take their jobs and and fight for playing time. So you you basically have you know about five or six guys there that are all really good players mm-hmm. that can rotate in and play. And we got some guys coming in as true freshmen that are still going to have a chance to, to press some of these other guys as well. So, and then, and they're not even here yet, you know, so, but, but that, that is what you need. You need depth. Those guys play on special teams. It's finding fast guys that can finish plays. And that's what we're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I guess for, for you yourself, your journey to IU was, was I think a very interesting one. It was mm-hmm. kind of the epitome of starting at the bottom and working your way up. I guess, how would you describe your journey to, to, to where you are today? Yeah, that's pretty accurate. You know, you start at the high school level, um, and even there, I was at small, really small high school. You mm-hmm. know, and then went to you know two bigger schools, and 
and Ben Davis being the largest school in the state of Indiana, but uh, um, still the high school level, you know, yep. and I had the chance to be a head coach at a couple different places. That was one of them. And, and then you start Division three, you know, in college, and, <laughs> and that's, you know, that's the, the smallest level of college football. Started there and, and then went to NEIA, which is kind of a little next step up, yep. and we transitioned to Division two at that place and, and then went to 1AA after that and then went to mid-major Division one, and then went to, uh, you know, a Power 5 Division one as we call them now. Now, yeah, you know, but in the SEC, and then went back to mid-major as a coordinator there at, at South Florida, and then then up to the uh, to the Big Ten, you know, as yep. a coordinator now a head coach. So yeah, I've coached every single level in college football <laughs> except for JUCO. I don't think a lot of people can can say that. No, there's no question, and <laughs> and it's very unique, very yeah. unique path. Matter of fact, they. Uh, um, I think the uh, football scoop is a, a big website mm-hmm. that uh, for for college coaches and and coaches in general, and so they put down there a few weeks ago um, came out with a, a listing of all the Division one head coaches in FBS and and where were they ten years ago? And I was the defensive coordinator at Lambeth University <laughs> on that list. I don't, I don't even know I, what that is. I, to be I honest. guarantee you, ninety nine point nine percent of the people in this country would be like, I never heard of that place. Where, you know, where is it though? It's in Jackson, Tennessee. Jackson, Tennessee. Yeah, matter of fact, okay. the school doesn't exist. Really. Really? You know, yeah, it uh, they it closed down right after we were there. It's amazing. Wow. It was having financial issues yeah. as, when we were there, and and so yeah, it doesn't even exist. They don't have. I think it's like it's called uh, University of Memphis at Lambeth. It's like a satellite uh, was, campus, yeah, yeah. But they don't have any sports, and and it's, it's completely yeah, it's not the same. So it's it's completely shut down. So yeah, that's that's unusual to have that. <laughs> just ten years ago, you yeah, know, I was yeah. a D court. I wasn't even the head coach and D coordinator there. So I've been very blessed and. A lot of great opportunities, but yeah, it's kind of like I tell our team, and I, I I view myself as in this profession. I'm I'm a walk on, you know. I came and and had to earn it the the, the kind of the old fashioned way yep. from the bottom up, and wasn't given the opportunity right away. And and but you know what? I tell you what. I when I was a high school coach, I thought I could go from Ben Davis to to the Big Ten or to mm-hmm. uh, you know another Division One place. And and uh, but I I needed those places. I did. I needed those. I needed Lambeth. I needed Wabash. I needed Drake, and and those opportunities that I was given there to learn and to really, you know, um, and it's it's humbling in some ways. Not in the sense of you know the level still college football is college football. It's a step up from anything else, but mm-hmm. but it's just uh, it wasn't the path I had envisioned, right. you know. But uh, we had to, gosh, at Lambeth, we had to, man paint the locker room and build some lockers and <laughs> clean toilets and live in some really, really unusual circumstances, yep. you know, oh, yeah. and, and it's not what you think of, you know, coaching college ball, you know, and, and, uh, but those things really help your perspective and they make mm-hmm. you appreciate what you have. And, and we had to learn how to, to, to go out and really recruit and find guys and kind of shake the bushes and develop players and kind of see, you know, what, what a kid could become. And I really learned how to recruit, you know, and find guys and develop relationships with coaches and then all the way up to different levels. And so I, I just, you just learn how to, you know, be a better coach. And, yeah. and I think you appreciate what you have more. Absolutely. I guess what's the mindset you have to have? Because obviously you're you're trying to, to win games and develop mm-hmm. players and, and recruit at those stops. But I think you also probably want to look ahead and maybe see what's next. What's that mindset you have to have to kind of focus on your job but still kind of be looking down the road and, yeah. and, and to well, the Big Ten? Here's what you do because my goal, when I, even when I went to Wabash and Chris Creighton was the head coach and, and the first day that he called me about the job and, and off, you know, offered me the opportunity to come interview for it, um, I told him, I said, well, my goal, you know, in leaving Ben Davis, I want to be a, a defense coordinator in the Big Ten. That's what I told him, you know, and that was the long-term goal. And uh, so, but I never wanted to be a, I never wanted to have my one foot in one door and another foot trying to find another job. Mm-hmm. So I have a quote that hangs in my office at home that says, 
wherever you are, be all there. Live to the fullest every situation you believe to be the will of God. So I wanted to be all in at wherever place, whether it was at Lambeth or Wabash mm-hmm. or Drake or you know, Arkansas State. You know, I, I never wanted to be one of those guys that was trying to always look for that next job. I just was going to – I wanted to be my very, very best at that job mm-hmm. and let the good Lord guide me and direct yep. me from there and let him, you know, if it was his will. Because I didn't know I was going to end up at Indiana yeah. in the Big Ten. I didn't know I was going to end up at Ole Miss before that. And, and uh, I mean, I, I had no idea if that, uh, that path was going to take me to where I eventually wanted to be one day i know that was my goal but i, I don't control the future and so uh, and sometimes it's it's hard and you get frustrated and there were times where i almost went back to high school because i didn't want to put my family through more moves mm-hmm. and more hardships financially and there were times where you know with lambeth having those issues we weren't getting paid you know and so mm-hmm. uh if my wife hadn't have a job we wouldn't have been able to get you know it was so it was some tough things and so and i have an amazing wife yeah. i mean she was you know it hadn't been easy for her either all those moves i mean i, I go on and take that new job and she's there changing the kids schools and you know getting the house packed up and mm-hmm. and then you know unpacking cuz when you're when you're small college moving they're not paying for it you know <laughs> you you're, you're know. calling the the U-Haul and you're loading that thing up and and uh, it's a little different when you get in the Big 10 of the SEC but mm-hmm. trust me those other moves no, there, there was different. nobody. Yeah, it was yeah. totally different. And so those were hard moves, you know, mm-hmm. and my wife had to have a job. And that's the only reason, you know, her, her work allowed us to financially make it. And and so, you know, it's just there's a lot of things that go into that people don't realize, you know. Yeah. So but at the same time, you, you be all in wherever you are and you trust the good Lord for the future. Mm-hmm. When was the moment when you knew you wanted to become a coach? You know, interesting question. You know, I'm not one of those that said, hey, when I was, you know, eight years old, that was my dream to coach. You know, I was around it. My dad was my high school coach. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was fun. I, I I was one of those kids that went to everything with my dad. I mean, when I was real little, I, you know, brother and I would be on the sideline there playing on the dummies, you know, when we were too big to, to be playing yet. And so was raised around it and always enjoyed it. Uh, but I went to college to be an accountant. You know, I really I was going to study business and was a business major with a focus in accounting. And that's what I wanted to do, you know. But I just, you know, for me, I got really a strong feeling. I call it a conviction that that I just I for me, I needed to do something that was more impactful for mm-hmm. others and something that was going to be able to make a difference and and making money is, is nothing wrong with that and and uh, but I just I wanted something more mm-hmm. and so I switched from business to business education so I ended up teaching accounting all know, right and, and doing all that as a, as a high school coach and a teacher and just felt drawn into the the and I, I would call it the ministry of impacting lives through through coaching and teaching and so really didn't even know I was going to be a college coach you know when I once I got into high school and I started going and visiting you know I was I coached in the state of Florida right out of right out of college and was there for five years and went to Miami went to Florida Florida State you know coach Spurrier was the head coach of Florida coach mm-hmm. Bowden was the head coach of Florida State met with their assistants watched them practice and so then I started getting that bug and that that itch to coach college and I came up here to Indiana coached at Ben Davis and went to Purdue and went to Indiana mm-hmm. and, and and met with their coaches. You know, Mark Hagan was at Purdue and I would go meet uh-huh. with him and talk ball and, and Brock Spack was the defensive coordinator and talk ball with him and, and the coaches here at Indiana. Coach Hepner was the head coach and mm-hmm. Coach Lynch was here and that whole staff and, and I'd come here and talk football. And I but by then I really knew that's kind of what I wanted. I just didn't know. I already had young kids. I wasn't twenty five anymore. I was into my mid thirties. So how does that you know, how do you get one of those opportunities? And mm-hmm. so, but that's where it really started growing. So, so I'd say the passion to coach and teach was in college and for the influence of seeing my dad and the impact he had and then the coaches I was inf- influenced by. And then once I got into high school, that desire to coach in college really started taking hold. Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned your, your father coaching mm-hmm. you and now you're coaching your son. Yeah. 
How has that relationship been? You know, it's uh, harder than you think. Yeah. You know, and I've lived it, and I wasn't in this this uh, you know spotlight, you know, of the Big Ten, but the pressure was still there. You know, as a kid, you got to prove you belong, that you deserve to be out there. I had to do the same myself as, mm-hmm. a, as a young player for my dad in high school, and so um, I recognize probably harder on him than it is me. You know, but I have to be careful. I'm very, you can be very critical, more critical of your own son than you are others sometimes mm-hmm. and because and I'm one of those my dad was where I was going to have to earn it like twice as much just, yeah. and, I, and I feel the same way because I don't want I want people to realize that he's playing because of of who he is and mm-hmm. his his ability not because of the name on yeah. you know on his on the back of his jersey you know so but uh but it's it's also all amazing you know the, the time we have together you can't get that back Absolutely. and that's kind of we came to that point where like you know what you know if we're not together I'll never see him play I'll never be around him. And, uh, and once those years are gone, I mean, he goes on and has his own family, and it's just never the same. And so you know, we're very blessed and fortunate to have this opportunity. Mm-hmm. And he, yeah, it's not easy for sure, but it's, uh, it's a true, true blessing. So now you've, you've been in Bloomington now for a few years. You've got a few years under your belt. Mm-hmm. I guess what's, what's been the most, I guess, rewarding part of your time here so far? Well, the people. You know, I just, I've been so impressed and, and with just the quality of people in this town, you know, the people supportive of our program, you know, way beyond just, you know, coming and sitting in the, in the stands. It's just the, the people that, that here have been, been loyal fans for so long and love this place. And, and uh, I always, you know, believe that, that it's the, the magic is in the people, you know, and uh, they're just such quality individuals as part of the university that we work with every single day. And we've been blessed to bring in a great staff of guys that care more about these players as individuals than as performers on a, on a game field but but uh, I, I just think that that uh, you know my daughter's going to graduate from Bloomington South here you know into the mm-hmm. month and and just really uh, you know excited for it. and she would tell you this is the, her favorite place to live mm-hmm. you know which is that makes me feel good you know yeah. we've moved a lot you know mm-hmm. seven states in that 10 year period going from wow. Ben Davis back to Indiana to be here at IU and those moves were not easy on our, our kids and so you know they all were fortunate enough to be able to graduate in their junior and senior year at the same school you know and didn't have to switch before their senior year but you know she came here her sophomore year you know so it's just one of those things where you know it, it's you know she loves the people here you know has gotten very involved in volleyball had a great experience with that and has done a lot with the you know the dance marathon for for mm-hmm. riley children's home and and so just uh you know has been a, a neat opportunity we have a great church family here that we attend and and just really feel blessed to be a part of the the bloomington community and mm-hmm. just be able to to know that, that this is our home and this is where we want to be and this is where we want to stay mm-hmm. and there's i guess there's been something around the program with the with the one word mantra mm-hmm. i guess w- where did that come from and why did you decide to, to to implement it well you know like a lot of things that i believe in it, it started with me personally you know some of my things are, are, are strongly driven by my faith um mm-hmm. and just how you build a team you know and how you build you know relationships and how you do those things and so with my own family you know through uh, john gordon has the one word book where it started, and, and uh, um, that's really where the the genesis of it came from. So I read the book. We started doing it with our own family and children. We picked our own one word for us personally, and our, each of our children picked the one word, and we we would kind of hyperlink a verse with that, mm-hmm. you know, for the whole year. And so when I became the head coach, you know, I'd done it with my position groups both at Ole Miss and then here, mm-hmm. you know, and and as well as at South Florida. Um, but then took that concept to the whole team, had, had come up with a one word for the whole team and then have each coach, each player, everybody that's part of our program come up with a one word for the whole year. And then like even when I, my individual meetings right now, I, I, I say, okay, this is your one word that you picked. Tell me why you picked it. And I write everything down that they say. So it, it helps me connect with them. 
but I, it's it's a it's about having laser like focus on you know you can, you have this whole challenge of hey I got New Year's resolutions every single year mm-hmm. that, that usually fa- you they fade away and you don't do you know sometimes any of them you right. know so we're just gonna say one thing is gonna be our focus for the whole year and and our one word for the program for this year is grit you know and I just think in year three. It, and it, the definition for that is perseverance and passion towards a long-term goal. And to me, I, that's how I want this program defined is, is, is one that's of toughness and fight and all those things wrapped up into that one word of grit. Mm-hmm. So our players pick those words. We, we use them throughout spring ball as a the daily theme. I'll use them throughout the fall for a weekly theme for each game. And because they're, they're our kids' words, so it makes it personal and powerful. Mm-hmm. And I guess what has surprised you most about this, this job that maybe you, you weren't expecting? Oh gosh, I, I think the the time demands of things that have nothing to do with football. You know <laughs> that that's part that you don't really prepare yourself for. I had a little bit of glimpse of that. You know, being the head coach at a place like Ben Davis is such a big school, big mm-hmm. program. You know, you have from kindergarten all the way up to seniors that you're responsible for. But but to come here and man, it just it's 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 nonstop. You know, and so that's a big motive for me to, to go from being the D coordinator to overseeing everything because mm-hmm. it just those demands just keep growing and increasing in time. And and whether it's media or just meeting with situations that happen outside of football and planning things, organizing things and trying to get the, the vision for what you want to create there. So it's just there's just a lot of stuff going on, you know, and, and I think even recruiting, you know, when you're recruiting the whole team now to just your position or just your side of the football mm-hmm. as a focus or your recruiting area, you know, to be able to connect with all the social media and all the different things you got to do to stay up on that with your guys so those two things are just really caused a, a lot of you, you just spend a lot of time doing that as like I said isn't anything related to you know calling the defense or calling an offense mm-hmm. and and something else I guess kind of off the field that's that's been a, I guess a big boost in the past few years is, is recruiting and mm-hmm. getting some of the top recruiting classes in school history what has been the key behind that well building relationships number one um, we got a staff full of guys that understand that uh, we've really expanded you know since I took over we've expanded our recruiting staff you know went to, to, to Fred Glass and, and he's been extremely supportive of us adding positions in recruiting I just feel like that uh, you know and getting guys in there that that's their passion you know they want to be recruiters you know guys that that uh, you know oftentimes guys will be in there just to, to get their foot in the door to be a coach well I want a guy that wants to recruit you know, and, and help us find players. And, and we've got new positions for, you know, um, when once we get players on campus and their families to really connect with them and get the, the type of people and the type of personalities that help us do that. And, and, and increasing our graphics work that we try to do to, to, to give that information to our, and I say mm-hmm. graphics, it, it's a big part of, you know, you know, being able to create these edits for players and recruiting yeah. and send them to them, and and we've expanded all that with our brand. We still got ways to go with some of those things, but but I mean, it was it's completely different than it was when I first got here in terms of the the staffing and the way that we're doing that. So you know, it's a priority. I mean, you get what you emphasize, and so you know, we just signed the, the top class in history of our program, and yep. and the year before that was another highly ranked class, and and but we got to keep doing it. I mean, I know this, this year's class is going to be smaller, so that's, that's going to affect all that part of it, but but the the quality of guys we get that that won't change, and and uh, it's all about players i mean we can you know you can scheme all you want and the, the magic is not in the in the call mm-hmm. the magic is in the player that's executing the call on both sides of the ball and special teams so you know recruiting is is the lifeblood of our program and it's it's going to continue to be the focus and and we're a lot smarter coaches and we got better players mm-hmm. obviously now the focus is on on this upcoming season but i feel like people are always looking down the road and seeing what what can you do in three years five years mm-hmm. where do you kind of see this program in 
in, I guess, the, the, the next few years? Well, you know, bottom line is, is that, you know, in this profession, it's, you know, what have you done for me lately? Yep. You know, so obviously our focus is on the 2019 season, but, but you, you see we're building this for the long haul. You yeah. Know, we got young guys, can, we're not bringing in, you know, a bunch of, you know, temporary fits for certain positions. And yeah, I think we might do a guy or two, but it's, it's, that's not been our philosophy. It's, it's getting the best high school players we can find that fit our program and develop them. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be, I want our program to be great evaluators and great developers. And, and we've invested a lot in our shrink program and there's our staff there and the job that they're doing in the weight room. And, and Fred Glass has been super supportive with that and getting those changes and, and getting those guys here that, that can help us make a difference. Cause it's about developing your players, you know, once you get them here. And so get, get guys that fit with you to have base level talent and then develop them. Mm-hmm. So that's what I see for the vision is to be able to have, you know, I want to have a, a junior and senior laden team that brings in talented young guys that have to be groomed to take their place. And so right now, if you notice in the last couple of classes, we've had a lot of guys come in and play early as freshmen. And, uh, you know, I, that's great for right now and increasing our talent level for sure. But I want it to be where we got a mature football team that these young guys, yeah, they're talented that we're recruiting, but they got to come in here and they've got to be developed because they're not quite good enough to beat out those Mm -hmm. fourth and fifth year guys that were also highly talented out of high school as well but they've been developed and now they're they're elite big 10 football players and so that doesn't just happen overnight you know you can you know that's why it's a systematic process it takes time to get both sides of the ball both rosters the the roster on that and special teams at the level you want to be at to where it's just nick's guy next guy and then we become this is what offense we're known for this is the defense we're known for this is the kind of specialists that we have here this is how we play as a team and it just it just reciprocates itself every single year mm-hmm. and that's to me I, I see us being a team that is competing for a big 10 championship and going to bowl games every year that's what mm-hmm. i see yeah and i guess you yourself now a few years under your belt but what was that one moment where you were like wow like i am i am the head <laughs> football coach at, at, at indiana university well, Whether it be a game or a stadium you walked into. Let me say this. When, when I walked out um, the 2017 season, my first full year as uh-huh. head coach, I know I coached in the bowl game, but yep. that was kind of a unique situation. Yeah. And, and I walked out, and we played Ohio State. Right. Okay. At home, the stadium is packed. It's sold out. And I walked out to, and got ready to touch – Coach Hep's rock. Uh-huh. I mean, I got you know, I got emotional. Yeah, I, mean, I start tears start coming, and I was like, man, you know, this is a dream opportunity for me. This is my home state to be able to to walk out there and represent Indiana University was pretty awesome. Yeah, pretty yeah. awesome. So as we wrap up this podcast, like we've done with every podcast, we do rapid fire questions. So first thing that comes to your mm-hmm. mind, let's let's hear it. <laughs> gotcha. uh, so first off, what is currently on the top of your bucket list? Bucket list: win the Big Ten. Win the Big Ten. All right. Uh, what is one item you couldn't live without? My wife. <laughs> what is your favorite cuisine? Cuisine? You mean like a meal or a place to eat it? Either one. Pizza. Pizza. All right. What What's your favorite pizza topping? Oh, pepperoni. I'm a Pepper- simple guy. Okay, no, that's, Lots that's of good. cheese. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> favorite place you've traveled to? Oh, gosh. Favorite place I've traveled to? Um, Whether it be for work or not for work? Yeah, we just we went to the Bahamas. Okay. That's, just, that, that's a good that spot. That whole, the Caribbean, the, the, the water, the way it looks, yeah, it's, it's pretty It's like off. extra blue. They yeah, put, like, food pretty, coloring pretty in there. <laughs> yeah, I agree. Yeah. So, last question now. Going into this season, what are you most excited for? Oh, I'm just excited to see this team realize what I believe it can become. You know, all the all the recruiting we've gone into this, all the hard work and the, the off the season, you know, things we've done with our, you know, developing our players. And, and I, I just, I'm excited for us to, you know, I, I believe, you know, just to, put it all together and break through absolutely absolutely we'll, we'll all be watching i'll be rooting on so 
That is going to do it for this episode of the Rockcast, and I guess this season of the Rockcast has been a, a blast to talk with a lot of players in this program. So that's going to do it for Josh Eastern. Thanks, Coach Tom Allen, for, for coming in and being the final guest. Uh, you're very welcome, Josh. Appreciate all you do for our program. Thank you.